the ASCO Leadership Podcast with Jeff Barton. I'm Natalie Pereira and I'm the Chief Executive of the Education Policy Institute. Just tell us a little bit, Natalie, about Education Policy Institute in case there's someone on the planet who isn't aware of it. Yep. We are an independent research organisation. We're a charity and we carry out research looking at what is and isn't working in education and young people's mental health. And we look right from birth through to entry into the labour market. And there are various groups and think tanks who do various bits of things. Your particular focus is on how you analyse and use that analysis to then draw conclusions. Can you, you, you can put it better than me, I'm sure. We um, primarily do quantitative uh, research and that means that we use um, lots of different uh, and large data sets. So we use the National Pupil Database, we use the School Workforce Census, sometimes the Millennium Cohort Study to um, analyse all that data and look at what that tells us about trends in education. And your chair is David Laws. David Laws, of course, when he was in government, was just as you worked at the DfE uh, also. But he was particularly articulate around the need for a pupil premium. And that leads me into talking about disadvantaged children, because one of the hallmarks of your work is to speak on behalf of and illuminate the needs of the disadvantaged, isn't it? Now, you've got a report out today, as it happens, which illuminates the the, the widening gap between advantaged and disadvantaged children. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about the report? Absolutely. So when David and I co-founded EPI uh, a few years ago now, we wanted very much to spotlight the needs Um, for disadvantaged young people. So the report we published today looks at the the gap between disadvantaged young people and their peers. Um, We're looking at the data in 2020, which obviously is an outlier year because there were no formal exams due to the pandemic. But we look at teacher-assessed grades nonetheless. And what we find is that for pupils who um, uh, had GCSE grades in 2020, there's no improvement or no progress in closing the disadvantage gap. It's still as wide as it was before the pandemic. And actually, progress has stalled over the last few years for disadvantaged pupils. And also for the, for the poorest pupils, those who are in long-term poverty, there actually hasn't been any progress in closing the gap for around a decade, which is incredibly worrying. Yeah, I mean, it's a, in one sense, it's a bleak report. It's got, some, it's got some positive message around what teachers have been doing, actually, but equally it's got some gloomy messages, for example, about those youngsters who were doing, let's say, BTECs, vocational courses, and those who were doing more traditional A-level courses. What you do in that report, as you always do, is not just to give us a kind of warts and all picture of the uh, situation, you also then make recommendations. So should we just reflect on what it is you think government needs to do? Yeah, so the first thing government needs to do, because we know there are more children in long-term poverty and we can see that uh, that the gap isn't closing. So we need a cross-government child poverty strategy that looks across the board at welfare, education, housing and health to improve life chances of these young people. But more immediately, we can also look at how um, universities and employers can view the uh, grades that have been received by young people during the pandemic years and contextualise them 
a bit so that especially disadvantaged young people are treated fairly. And finally, we also know that COVID has had an impact on young people's learning and the government needs to spend more on recovery funding in schools and in colleges to help the most disadvantaged to catch up. Natalie Pereira, thank you very much. The Ascal Leadership Podcast with Jeff Barton.